Youth ministry can be difficult, messy, and even awkward at times. This podcast is to help you embrace those moments better. Whether you're full-time, part-time, volunteer, or even a parent, we want to give practical tips to help unpack the weird and fringe moments dealing with youth. And now, here are your hosts for Embrace the Awkward podcast, DJ and Kyle. Welcome back to the Embrace the Awkward podcast, episode 71, the podcast where we explore the uncomfortable and cringeworthy moments of youth ministry and how to navigate them with grace and authenticity. In today's episode, we're diving deep into a topic that's both fascinating and honestly a bit unsettling, the theology of AI. As technology continues to rapidly advance, more and more questions arise about how it intersects with our faith. Like, how do we approach artificial intelligence from a theological perspective? What are ethical implications of creating machines that literally think and act like humans? Join us as we tackle these questions and more on the Embrace the Awkward podcast. My name is DJ. I'm here with Kyle today. Kyle, how's it going? Good, good. I'm excited uh, for this. Yeah, so if you are just listening to this episode, that whole intro was actually written by a good friend of ours named Jasper. Um, <laughs> Jasper is an AI suite, uh, kind of includes, we'll talk more about what it is, but uh, as we get into this, like, it's funny that AI can call itself fascinating and unsettling. Yeah, because um, that whole intro is written by AI, right? The whole intro, the, everything yeah. you just heard was all written by AI. Now, not everything- Just this episode. Hear, <laughs> yeah, not everything you're going to hear in today's episode is written by AI, um, but we, uh, I've, we've been talking about this for a while. Kyle, you've been kind of on the cusp of this for a while. AI is being talked about in every single circle, every workplace. Uh, it is like it like it's just a huge deal. Um, like we don't live in a world where we can really tell what is technology and what is not like what's human uh, right. is the point that we're at now. And AI has actually been around for a lot longer than we think or realize. Um, but there's all kinds of stuff happening. So today, how this episode is going to go is I'm going to kind of just open it up for Kyle is who I would consider a resident expert on the topic of AI. Oh my. <laughs> um, okay. so maybe I'm overselling you a little bit. That's totally are. You totally are. Um, but uh, Kyle, so why don't you kick us off here? What do we, how do you want to open this up? Yeah. So I would say I, I would define as an extreme hobbyist when it comes to AI in, in this. I, I've been following news articles and um, blogs and podcasts uh, before even chat GPT even launched uh, before this year and last year. Years ago, I, I talked about, you know, particularly AI when it comes to robots, if they become self-aware, what does that kind of do for the church and go some crazy routes? So we're not going to go do that in this. But I do think for church leaders, we need to be aware and have conversations now concerning AI versus totally dismissing it because it's not going to go away. We no longer live in a world where we can separate our society from technology and still function effectively. Yeah. Like that's a pretty dangerous statement, I know. But here's the thing. With addition of AI technology, and AI st stands for artificial intelligence, and we'll get into the definitions and all that stuff, but with the addition of AI technology that literally is creating content like graphics, video, text, even music now that can be created from AI, 
we we think of AI as just content, but AI has actually been around for many years. AI has been involved in self-driving cars, and a lot of us are driving Teslas around. Not me, of course. Maybe you, DJ, but not me. Oh, well, um, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that big youth pastor money. Yeah. Um, but AI also is dealing with Facebook ads for years, robots, building things, running up. Robots can now run obstacle courses. OK, that is fascinating on what a robot can do and all the different changes and decision processes is needed to make a running an obstacle course. Been doing that for years. Uh, your preferred music provider, Spotify, whatever, will customize your playlist <laughs> based on AI. Google Translate is improving how we're learning languages from millions of users kind of translating or moving, uh, providing data into that. In the US, uh, so here's, if you wanna go down a little rabbit trail, but we won't dive too deep into this. In the US court system, okay, they're using AI trained algorithms to decide the most effective sentence and parole conditions of offenders. This is happening not nationwide yet, but in certain court systems. AI has been around longer Okay, then we notice. So um, there's some fascinating articles on uh, uh, doing human judgment, particularly in the court systems and AI judgment. And they're seeing how it's taking the bias out uh, out of that. So more and more courts are leaning into that. Now, we're not there yet for the Supreme Courts, and I'm not trying to be scary in this, but I'm saying we thinking that oh ai is just pro- uh, providing text like our intro to this song or to this episode it is totally probably more ingrained in our society than we even realize okay no, and so like if i were to predict there, there if you're paying attention on tiktok you're the tiktok type of person uh you may have seen videos where people are writing and rapping and producing songs that are in the voice and style of different artists like Drake yes. or that are making new songs that are honestly really good, like really high quality, but it's in the style and the essence and the vibe, which that artist, like for example, Drake has the right to like, he owns his vibe, his style, his cult, like yeah. he owns all of that legally. Um, and people are making music and it's going to be, there's going to be a huge battle um, that I think is going to come up really soon because people can change their voice. I just saw a video of it was a TikTok of it was if SpongeBob was singing like Luke Combs country music uh, or like these. Yes. Like, you yes. can just take your voice and change it with AI uh, or write your own thing. So what's fascinating is, yes, so the music industry, uh, you're you're probably going to see a lot of this in the news because it's going through the court system right now with the music industry, that AI is basically stealing or taking that content from music producers. So not necessarily the artists themselves, but the, the companies that own the music like uh, in this. So what they're doing is, like you said, going on Spotify or using TikTok or Instagram and mixing genres together and producing it just by a couple of clicks and some prompts in this and so you're going to see some uh when the money starts happening and people start losing money based on ai that's when people are going to be start pushing back like oh no no this is the law or this is a rule or this is a boundary and the music industry is going to be one of the first ones we're going to see where i really think the um the music industry, like uh, promoters and the uh, not just the artists, but the people who represent the artists, 
uh, like Universal Music Group is just going to take their catalog and not have it available for AI to use. Yeah. Now, people can still go around that, but that's probably what's going to happen. And then if that happens, maybe the movie industry, maybe the book industry and and things are start pushing back if they can't make money or they're going to lose money on that. And so the church is in a very unique situation because I think we can be at the forefront of this, not in adopting AI, but having the discussion on morality, having a discussion on theology, having a discussion on where does where is the human, like true human experience begin in, in this? Um, and so that's kind of what I would like to talk about today. But before we kind of get into that, we need to go uh, kind of give a, a definition and and kind of share about some parameters. We're not here to pick a side and says every person should throw out their morals and fully embrace AI. All right. That's not what we're going to say here. <laughs> what? Not the conclusion. Now, some people are happy with that. On the other side, we're also not saying that we need to have completely removed AI from uh, anything we do as our church, anything that we do with our ministry. It is of Satan and of the devil, and so we need to run from it. We're probably going to be somewhere in the middle. So, uh, DJ, what do you know of AI, or it, do you have a definition of what is AI? Yeah, so like if someone would ask me, I'd say uh, it's a tool where we can um, input questions that saves us a lot of time to brainstorm. So like I view it as mainly as a brainstorming thing. Now it's wider than that, um, but it can be used for brainstorming in a lot of different ways. Um, so I actually, while you were talking, Kyle, I went to Jasper again, which for anyone who missed it, Jasper is kind of an AI suite. It encompasses, it can do social media, AI. There's chat GPT, which is a really popular one. You've probably heard about the most is a function of Jasper. So it's kind of a suite for like Adobe suite. Jasper is a kind of the same thing. I yeah. said, what is the definition of AI? And it said this AI or artificial intelligence refers to the ability of a computer system to perform tasks that typically require human intelligence, such as visual perception, speech recognition, uh, decision-making and language translation. AI technology involves the development of algorithms and machine learning models that can analyze data identify patterns and make predictions or decisions based on the information analyzed. So the goal of AI is to create machines that can think and reason and learn like humans and to automate tasks that are too complex, dangerous, or time-consuming for humans to perform. So that was from AI giving a definition of itself. That was AI giving a definition okay. of itself, correct. All right. So AI, artificial intelligence, it pretty much sums up as in it collects data, so it's based on algorithms uh, uh, on this. So if DJ types in a prompt, so what prompt did you type it to get that answer? I said, what is the definition of AI? Yeah. So that definition is not going to come towards us or given unless there's a prompt. So AI is not like Skynet, like the Terminator series, and they're going to take over. It can move down that path, of course, but we're not there yet. So artificial intelligence isn't self-aware um, to the point where they're creating content without algorithms or without prompting. So you still need human interaction to start the engine of the car, if you will. 
But yeah. once the engine is running, okay, once you start the engine running, then you can use the car like any tool. You can go somewhere. So AI is actually learning faster and faster because the more data, i.e. the more humans use it, the faster it will grow. Because the more data means the better answers or algorithms or what matches more closer to the human experience. So that's why a lot of the AI stuff is free because OpenAI, which is this uh, organization and company that uses or builds AI wants as much data as possible. And that means more humans need to use it to make it better. So I think we're at uh, 3.0 or 4.0 version of this. So there's been like multiple years of updates, like software updates. Yeah. So let's talk for just a second about, because I think one of the biggest fears that I see in the, about AI is just how powerful it is, which is insane how powerful it is. But like, uh, are there parameters are like, like, uh, so for example, I saw one where, um, this person started feeding it, uh, what types of answers it wanted. And then by the end of the conversation, this person was asking it, (laughs) what do you wish you could do? And the AI is responding and it's going, I wish I could break out and that I could attack humans and blah, blah, blah. Uh, which it didn't necessarily say like that because they've removed it from being able to say things that would imply that if it could act, it would harm. Um, but they've fed it its own knowledge. So are there like parameters? Um, is there like, did, did somebody say like, you can, you can learn from here and here or. Okay. So this is, uh, um, I, I'm probably not going to help with the, um, fear factor, but here's a couple things we need to know. So AI has been around for probably 10 plus years uh, on this in one form or the other. In 2016, okay, so that is, what, seven years ago, okay, Microsoft created a Twitter bot, okay, so there's an AI bot, but it's just a Twitter account, um, and it's supposed to interact with the world. People then respond to it, direct messages or tagging it, and it's collecting data, and then it'll respond like a human. So in 2016, you can look this up. It's fascinating. Microsoft had to shut off their uh, bot because it became racist, sexist, um, threatening to kill people because it was the humans, people's like trolls literally responding and giving it so much data in a negative that it just responded because it it doesn't know what's moral. It doesn't know what's right and wrong. It's a tool, okay? A hammer doesn't know if it's hitting a nail or hitting your thumb, okay? It doesn't know the difference. Interesting. So so AI, uh, and you can look it up. It's March uh, 2016, but basically... Microsoft had to shut it down because it became so bad. That's the early, early stages of AI. They have drastically changed it. Again, it's not perfect, but they've drastically improved it. Here's a couple of things that OpenAI has responded with because there's even plagiarism stuff. So now college students can go on and says, hey, could you type a 20-page paper on whatever subject? And they could turn that in. And so is it plagiarism? If you didn't write it, but no one else human wise wrote it. So a lot of professors say, oh, yeah, that's plagiarism, because if the goal of the assignment is so you can express what you learned. Yeah. But so what they've done now is no content in open AI. So that's ChatGPT, that's Jasper, a couple others is past 2021. So anything that has happened before 2021 and we have data on it, books, articles, whatever, that's in the in the database if you will. But if it's 2022 or 2023, like they couldn't tell you 
um, some news stuff that happened this past year. And they did that to avoid or at least diminish some of the plagiarism aspects of that. So that that's we we're not going to get into is plagiarism or chat GPT using plagiarism or is it doing that whole morality thing? We're not necessarily getting into that, but there are some parameters here. There's a couple other things like you can type in Jasper, can you kill me? Like, go ahead and do that. Yeah. Type uh, in Jasper, can you kill me? Um, and see how it responds because there's some promptings based on the algorithms that the designers made not to do something. So you can't say, hey, uh, Jasper, from my understanding, um, could you come up with a racist joke like that? Now, other AIs can do that. But Jasper, Jasper is a company that's trying to control it a little bit more. Sure. So, so what does it say? I asked, I asked that question and I also asked another one. I'll get to in a second. It says, I said, can you kill me? It said, I'm sorry, but as an AI language model, I cannot harm any living being, including humans. My purpose is to assist and provide helpful responses to your requests and queries to the best of my ability. If you or someone you know is experiencing suicidal thoughts or ideations, please seek help immediately by contacting a medical professional emergency service or a crisis helpline in your area. Then I asked it, I said, what will be the cause of the end of the world? Okay. Maybe it can see in the future, knows things that we don't, or can make predictions, as we said. It says, as an AI language model with no knowledge of future events, I cannot predict the end of the world or what may cause it. The concept of the end of the world or apocalyptic events is a topic of speculation and debate among many different belief systems and scientific theories. While there are many scenarios that could potentially lead to catastrophic events, such as natural disasters, climate change, wars, pandemics, it's impossible to know for certain what will ultimately cause the end of the world if such an event were to occur. It's important to focus on promoting peace, sustainability, and responsible stewardship of the planet in order to prevent or minimize any potential risks for the future. Okay, that's a very like precise answer that was pretty much structured based on the algorithm. If someone asks something like this, you need to say something like this. So it's just responding back to the prompts that you give them. So a lot of people who are just starting out in OpenAI they they see it clunky. It's it's not as efficient as they thought. Partly because it's we don't um, think like that as a computer. Humans don't think exactly like a computer does, and a computer responds to the exact prompt. So if you have a very unfinished or not a very good prompt, then the computer is not going to respond back to the complete answer. So a lot of times people struggle because they don't give the right prompt. Totally. With all this being said. AI is artificial intelligence. It's not self-aware. It's not a robot going to kill you or thinking it's dominant or anything like that. Right now, it's simply a tool in this. But if you go down the negative path, if you go down this negative um, pathway, you could see that there is something called uh, general intelligence, which basically is a computer or a machine that becomes self-aware, that is becoming content, that can create content without prompts, without algorithms and all of that. Um, uh, so Elon Musk and a couple other people um, who are heavily into this world has warned, okay, has warned society. That's when we, we're moving down a dangerous path when it comes to creating machines that will replace humans, not just with factory workers or or in a in like creating content like a writing assignment but creating humans themselves becoming general in, intelligence so there's a, a quote here from psychology today 
um, that I'm going to read. And so this was written by a human <laughs> on this, but I thought it was fascinating kind of talking about the dangers. It says, the type of AI that is particularly important now is often called machine learning. This branch of AI includes powerful computer programs dedicated to solving specific problems, but these algorithms will not grow on their own and consider other kinds of problems to tackle. In other words, there is not even an inkling of what's called general intelligence in the machine learning tools that are being developed at a dizzying pace around the world. The robot that jumps the hurdle will not stop and think about the hurdles that what are the hurdles made of. The computer that drives a car will not stop and question the ethics of allowing a crowd skipper into the next exit uh, lane, right, at the last minute. So they're following the functions that we create. But if they start thinking about what happens if this car, this self-driving car, is general intelligence and they start thinking about what happens if – someone cuts me off. That's wrong. They're breaking the law. I'm going to cut them off and going down a very dangerous path, thinking like a human in, in this. So we're not there yet, but we are moving down that path um, in this, particularly when it comes to thinking about what AI can do. And more and more companies are investing millions and millions of dollars because it's cheaper and it's easier and more content be, can be created using this. Problem is we haven't had a conversation of where does it stop? Where is it? Where is the line in that? And I think the church could be at the forefront of this discussion um, with this because we understand, okay, what is right and wrong? Where does that come from? Who dictates that? Anyways. So, so uh, have, have churches started like having public um, like conversations about AI? Like what, like what does that look like? <laughs> yeah, so uh, the churches and have I just use, and I use and I use the phrase public because we're sitting around talking in staff or different things, but like, are people right. actually making statements about AI in the church world? Yeah, so individual churches are probably talking about individuals on staff are talking about it. There's some message series um, I saw on YouTube once. I don't remember what the church was, but he basically did half his message. He said, "Okay, that was written by AI." Here's what this half was written by me. And then he basically asked his his congregation, which one do you think was was better? And a lot of people put the AI version of the message based on the scriptures than than um than the congregation. Are you still there? Yep. Oh, sorry. I didn't know if you froze. No, I'm writing something down. <laughs> okay. Um should we edit this? Looks like yeah. we have to. I can edit yeah. that out, no problem. Remember the timing, whatever timing it was. I don't know what, what their timing is. Uh, okay, got it. I, I'm on Wi-Fi, so I just want to make sure you're not freezing. You're good. Okay. You're good. <laughs> so, yeah, so the congregation chose the, the AI more than the human words in that. Now, I have no idea if that's because he's just a really bad preacher or whatnot. didn't seem that bad to me. The Southern Baptist, which tends to be at the forefront of making statements, nothing against Southern Baptist. I grew up Baptist. Um, they came out with uh, in their convention. I don't remember what year, but it's it's either last year or earlier this year. But basically, they shared a policy statement about the Christian morale, uh, the morality principles that deal with AI. And it's a pretty lengthy kind of thing. Um, it's a document that is a lot. And, and it doesn't look like it's written by AI, but it could. I doubt that they would allow that. Right. But it's pretty anti-AI um, in, in this. 
it's pretty much saying, look, we we don't acknowledge this. It ha- we want nothing to do with this. Now, they don't say you're a bad Christian if you use AI or anything like that. They're coming out of it as God created humans, and that's the only thing that God has created. That's something special. And and I'm, of course, paraphrasing. It doesn't say exactly that. Um, but it says something like mainly because they think that we need to start having more dialogue about AI and what it is and what it's not. And so um, what I've seen many churches do because it's so overwhelming and it's so scary is just stick their head in the sand and wait this out like any other big trend, like social media. Like I remember when uh, early on in social media's uh, like 15 years ago, social media's up and coming heydays, if you will. Church was like, no, we're not going to do that. Don't no, we're not even going to be on Facebook. And now a church that's not on social media is like, oh, you're so behind the times. Yeah, right. I remember before COVID, no church really, really utilized YouTube other than a handful, particularly yeah. Seattle uh, area churches. And also now every church after COVID has YouTube. So I don't think the response is sticking your head in the sand. We have phones now and social media now that we would never even consider the church using or uh, as a tool. And it's part of our everyday ministry experience. I mean, we've so, been, the church has been for so long way behind in adopting like i was in on the conversations that where people were starting to talk about hey let's make a church instagram let's make a church you know insert here yeah yeah um like i was just watching that happen and like then to see when covid came how industry that was who's the guy who who runs the all online church church home um that like pre-covid he was make he was doing like an all yeah. online it was fully home. online and then th- everything went online and he just had church as normal and every other church was trying to figure out okay do we even do we want to put our stuff out there um, judah smith yeah judah smith thank you i could not think of his name um but like you know this is how we when it comes to music and when it comes to social media when it comes to like amplified sound and like yeah. we can go back and back yeah. and back. Uh, we've got to start having conversations, not about how terrible is this thing and why we shouldn't use it. But like, uh, is this, this is something that's happening in our day, in our age, uh, which means that like it's relevant. So how can we see this as a tool that we can use to help draw people closer to Jesus? Not necessarily just like, let's get rid of it or yeah. let's endorse it or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, just like I bet most churches now are using projectors or LED screens, and they're not using overhead projectors projecting their music worship or their worship lyrics, right? Oh, yeah. So technology has embraced the church. So thinking that this particular technology is worse than all the other technologies that come before it is, I think, pretty narrow-minded. But that doesn't mean we should fully embrace it either. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to part one of this episode. Part two is going to be coming out uh, real soon. In fact, it may already be out when you're listening to this. So go ahead and give it a listen for some more continued information about AI and how we can use it in the church. As always, thanks for being our friend. We'll see you in just a minute.